Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. And this is your bonus episode of SLC Punkcast this Yep, week. this is the special standalone interview episode. We've only had one other of these, if I recall correctly. Yeah, we did a, a bricks and mortar, and I don't think too often we do these episodes where it's uh, you know really a focus on just the band, because the interview was so good, uh, and it was so fluid. Yeah. The conversation was great. Uh for people that are new to the show, we do editing in the interviews, but it's more about like pauses and stuff. We don't really edit a lot of content out. Didn't really need to do hardly anything on this one as the conversation was great. It was very fluid. Uh, it is the Apathetics. It's one of Eric's bands. It had his bandmates here. Yep. Uh, on the last episode, if you tuned in during the week on episode 350, we talked a little bit about what you might be getting if you hadn't listened to that episode. Well, what you're going to get is... Uh, the band is playing a show next week, a week, about a week from now on the 17th, and we're going to play a track from each of the bands. Eric's going to introduce the bands and tracks here in just a moment. We're going to play some Apathetics tracks. You're going to get the interview, and that's what you're going to get. It's more of a focus on the interview because it's about an hour and a half, and it's great, fun conversation. Everybody was just fantastic. It was a really fun interview. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Everything felt so fluid. It feels like everybody, uh, all four of us, had an equal amount of talk time. Right. You know, it didn't feel like anyone was taking over somebody's uh, statement or rather just like, a, oh, yeah, but then also this. So you'll, you'll hear it all in the uh, next, uh, oh, God, within the next 90 minutes. <laughs> and as you guys said in the interview, which I'm spoiling a little bit, I suppose, but you guys talked about how... Uh, everybody feels it's very equal in the content created by the band, the music created by the band. Oh, yeah. Everybody's pitching in and nobody's stepping on anybody's toes, so nobody has any uh, hidden animosity, at least that we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually they said uh, you guys were doing a separate uh, messaging thread without Josh, but I, I think that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. No, we... Uh, yeah, we all are saying uh, how much we love each other and how much we uh, love writing together, albeit through grated teeth <laughs> and forced smiles. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, I, I love being in this band. I love doing what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, we do have, like, all these uh, different uh, influences that are all just coming in and funneling down into this uh into what exactly you're going to be hearing in uh, just a few minutes. Right. Yeah. But first, while this is uh, while this is an episode that is aimed directly at the Apathetics, we are also doing this because I wanted to plug the show that we're playing. Right. Because, one, I put it together. Second, it's for a very, very dear person to me. And she is turning 30 years old. The dirty 30. That is the point of no return, folks. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of points of no return. Actually, all birthdays are points of no return. True. If you really think about it. But this one in particular, well, she just hit me up saying, hey, you know that thing you did for me last year for my birthday? What, put on a show? Yeah. Can you do that again? 
<laughs> okay, sure. You must have done a great job if she's asking you to do it twice. Well, yeah. And she knows that I'm up for the task, and she knows that I'll do it because I can't say no to her. Okay, <laughs> that's not entirely true. But the fact is I'm happy to do it. Uh, anything to do to, like, uh, uh, to celebrate a friend's birthday, and if it means that I got to put on a show, then I'm happy to do it. Excellent. Fuck yeah, I'll be there yesterday, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I did get this show together, and I reached out to a ton of my friends and various bands, and I was like, yeah, I think we got a good lineup. That lineup is including Filth Lords, Don't Trust Anybody, and Goat Sifter. I played, with, uh, I played shows with Goat Sifter and DTA before, but never Filth Lords. I never got a chance to play with Phil Thorns. And <laughs> we're doing it. Nice. God, we're doing it. I'm excited to be playing with all three of these bands. They each each are end of so unique in their own way, but they still all wrap around to uh, you know, punk and hardcore and you know, all the guys in there are awesome. There's no drama surrounding those guys. They have uh, they just come show up, have fun. They don't want any drama. They don't want to be pushing anybody around or just like wagging the finger at anybody mostly the dta guys because those guys are well into their 40s almost 50s now so they don't have time for that <laughs> <clears throat> point is it's gonna be a fun show and yeah while this is aimed to while this is an apathetics interview felt in a in everyone's best interest that we plug some music from all those three other bands that we'll be playing with. Or music podcasts. So there you go. We play music too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the songs are going to proceed in order. We're going to have the song by Filth Lords, uh, something with meat, Rotten Mind, <laughs> Meaty Heart. <laughs> and then we're, which is, uh, I chose this one because it's uh, so weird. You listen to Filth Lords, the first three songs on their self titled album, and it's like, yeah, it's rampant, fucking, uh, a little weird uh, version of street punk. But then you get to this one and it's like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? This, And I described this to Alex Ortega, their singer, founder, guitarist, everything. <laughs> that it's like, it's a mixture of like the unseen and Fugazi. He's like, hey, you know what? That's actually a pretty good analogy there. <laughs> a pretty good uh, equation. I was like, yeah, you hear it. <laughs> So that's what that's what that song sounds like. It's uh, it's aggressive as it is technical. So so yeah, it's a standout track. The next one, uh, don't trust anybody. I'm going from the album that introduced me to them, the Five Degrees of Separation. I did a review of that for Slug way back in uh, 2014, and one of the standout songs to me was We Want Blood, and that's basically saying how uh, no matter how much time you put in. Uh, no matter how much you dedicate yourself to a job or, uh, you know, going into the army or something like that, all they want is your blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's basically what it comes down to. And finally, Goat Sifter. They, they were a band for such a long time. They had this little uh, poorly produced EP that is no longer available on their band camp but it's available on my computer. I have the documents. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing you could listen to by Goat Sifter unless you saw them live. And when I saw them live, they were fucking awesome. All these like a bluesy rock and roll shifts going into this really crusty ass punk rock demeanor. They're not crust punk per se, but 
it's just hardcore. I love it. <laughs> so they, but they finally released their album Real Villains in 2020, and yeah, Real Villains just fucking kicks ass. But one song kicks ass uh, above most, above all the rest, and that was Apocalypse. I uh, just can't say what I can't really say why, other than it's just it just hits harder than the other ones. It's nice. just hardcore punk the whole way through. So we'll be getting those three songs, and then. We'll be getting into the apathetics, as it were. So enjoy this one. We're playing them back to back to back, people. We're going to do a nice little radio block for you. So that's all I got to say about those songs. Now let's let the songs speak for themselves.
I keep saying that podcasting killed radio. <laughs> or no, video killed the radio star, but podcasting dug its grave. <laughs> and streaming just fucking pushed it in. Right. No casket, no nails, no coffin, just buried raw. Right. In an unmarked grave. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm a little too harsh about radio, but it's not my fault that it sucks. True. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was... Uh, Filth Lords, DTA, and Goat Sifter. I'm excited to be hearing those songs live and sharing the stage with all three of those bands, all of them buckos. They are top tier in my book. Awesome. And so, yeah, now let's talk about my band. Okay, it's not my band. It's uh, mostly Josh's and Ben's band because (laughs) really they're the ones that formed it. I was the third guy to join in, and then Tyler came along after, and now we're just like, I guess it all works. But more on that later. We're going to play a song to sort of uh, lead into the uh, uh, the interview. And we're going to have a song that will see us out. The first song that we're going to be playing is the song Tuna. And if you want to know why we named the song that, well, just you wait. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's the song that I love playing the most for technical reasons. Just for me personally, like, there's a lot of bass lines in there that it just leaves room to met, to just meddle around on it. <laughs> and I did that a lot on this song, and it all just sounds so cohesive. 
and just the way the guitars work off of each other, uh, Tyler's melodies and Josh's riffing, and then you have that big breakdown in the middle where I'm just doing the yelling shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a song that doesn't sound like any other song on our record, <clears throat> and I'm I'm just happy the way that that turned out. Now the and the song that we'll be seeing you out is the fan favorite, the one that everybody loves. It was our first single, the first song we ever fucking released as a band. And it's the song that we close our set with for the most part. It's Burnout Generation. And yeah, Burnout Generation, I have a pretty sick bass line in that one. But there's a really, it's a really fun chorus. We are the burnout generation. We're worn down to the bone. We're running out of patience. Heading to the unknown. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a sing-along. It's what gets everybody amped up especially in the very end with those chants like we're done working for you fuck you i quit <laughs> that's how you get people excited and leave them wanting more so i figure it best that we end the interview with uh, that song so that's what to expect from the apathetics we got tuna interview and burnout generation i say this is a pretty well put together uh, interview only episode absolutely all right so with that being said Here's my band, folks. Hope to see you on Saturday.
here with the Apathetics. Yeah, this is my band. Yeah, so, Eric's <clears throat> Eric's part of the band. I'm finally getting <laughs> interviewed on the podcast I co-host. So when this I ask great. a specific question, I'll ask you, and then you'd ask all the other ones. How's that? Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is going to be it's, it's sort of weird. It's like a through-the-looking-glass experience. Yeah. But I'm on both sides now. Well, we've talked about Apathetics because... Uh, Eric plays in the apathetics, but let's let's get some other yeah. perspective of the Eric origin. is the apathetics. <laughs> I, am, I am the band. Yeah, there's no bias. In this yeah, I basically gave uh, throughout multiple episodes, I gave a sort of uh, disjointed history of right. the apathetics. So, well, now you're going to get the whole story, right? And let's, some extras. Let's jump in. Let's let's start where they started first. Let's have everybody introduce themselves besides Eric. I'm Tyler. Uh, I sing and play guitar. I'm Ben. I play the drums. I'm Josh. I play guitar. And this is where I'm everybody. I'm the bassist. <laughs> and Josh has been on the show before. I have. Yes. Oi, no. oi. Glad to be back. Well, if we're yeah. talking history, I think Ben and Josh, I mean, you guys were kind of the ones that, that put this thing together a couple yes. years ago. Yeah, we... Uh... Eric was actually in the first incarnation that wasn't necessarily the apathetics. It was a street punk band called Cry Wolf. Uh, I had responded to a uh, KSL ad that was looking for a punk drummer. Um, Posted by yours truly. (laughs) Thank you, KSL. And we uh, played at Downtown Music for a couple months, and then Eric got COVID, so we had to take a couple-week break, and then we never really got back together. Also, fun fact about... Cry Wolf, the song um, that became Five to Life um, on our first uh, Last Rites album um, was a Cry Wolf song, but so we kind of disbanded, never really got back together, and then uh, Josh texted me, and we uh, had talked about um, things outside of street punk that we liked, uh, the more uh, melodic uh, side of punk, and he texted me saying, hey, would you still like to give it a go and maybe do like a pop punk type thing. And I said, of course. And then we rented a storage shed in Northern Utah and we brought Eric and then Josh wrote another KSL ad looking for a punk man. And the very first person to respond, the only person to respond (laughs) was Tyler. (laughs) Yeah. I show up, I show up to this storage unit in Woods Cross at like eight o'clock at night in the dark. And I'm like, okay, this is either a punk band or I'm going to get murdered. (laughs) Dexter, right? And, and it was immediately, it was like, it was, it was just immediately fun. Like I went in and you guys had, you guys had a PA set up. And so I just kind of was like, was like, fine, I'm just going to try to like sing along some random shit to the songs you had already written. And it was immediately like, oh, this is a good fit. This is going to be fun. So you didn't need anybody else. It was destined. You didn't need exactly. more people to reply. Well, uh, it's kind of funny, too, because um, I'm going to tell a, a, a funny story about Eric and how we started our our musical partnership. So yeah. years ago, when we were on this podcast, we were in a band called Suburban Hellkill. And um, we didn't know Eric. It was me and a drummer. We were looking for a bass player. He got suggested by uh, Conrad, I yeah. believe. It was Conrad. It was from Mandalore. Uh, yeah, he uh, tagged me in this post that uh, Josh posted. It was just him and uh, the drummer Adam uh, playing some songs in the in the basement of the suburban Hellkill house. And I was like, "Hey, we need a bassist." And Conrad's like, "Hey, hit up Eric." Yeah. So Eric came by. Uh, we knew basically after our first practice that we wanted him in our band. 
And uh, I think it was like a couple practices later, it was uh, Halloween, and we decided to go out and do what you do on Halloween, right? <laughs> and we're bar hopping, going from bars to bars downtown, and we walk past, uh, there's a there's a PBR, a Pabst Blue Ribbon, for the, yeah. for the people that don't know what that yeah, is. Was, I think it was right by downtown music. Eric picks it up, this this PBR, this open PBR on the sidewalk on Halloween night. And he's like, oh, sweet, there's still some in it. We thought he was just joking. <laughs> he started drinking it. And this was in an area like very where well you don't want to share the same beer with another person in that, in that area. And he just picked up this beer and started drinking it. And we knew that we made the right choice yeah. <laughs> by getting him in our band. And every band that I've been in since, since then, um, after Spearman Hell Kill broke up, I always hit up Eric, and this is like my 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 ploy. I'm like, hey man, I got this new project started up with so and so. You should just come down and jam just for fun. <laughs> I know you're busy. <laughs> just come down and jam just for fun. You don't have to be in the band just for fun. Like, I and, and I know that once for. he shows up and he hears what we have going on, you know, his equipment is gonna stay. And two weeks later, he's calling it our band uh, <laughs> and not just your band. And that's kind of the same thing that happened. Yeah, with Tyler. So uh, I posted this ad. I was kind of toying with doing vocals for this project, but I really didn't want to. I did vocals for the last project, and I just I would just rather play guitar. And um, yeah, I posted this ad not expecting much, because usually when you post stuff on KSL, you just get a bunch of weirdos. And <laughs> KSL we, is just like well, a... Because you right down. Yeah, yeah, like, so like, like for right anybody down. outside of Utah, KSL is like a slightly cleaner Craigslist. Yes. <laughs> so we we kind of had a project. We had a couple songs. I decided to post an ad, and Tyler responds to it. And said that he played guitar too, and that was perfect because we always wanted another guitar player, so like a vocalist that actually plays guitar too. And I remember him asking, like, "Is there any songs I should learn when I show up?" And I was like, "Hey, could you learn Private Eye by Alkaline Trio?" And he learned it. He showed up. He sang it, and it was just it just clicked right away, you know. And we've just uh, it was just so much fun, all four of us jamming together. Yeah. This is like one of those bands where we just like have fun and everyone likes each other. It's not one of those bands where there's like one guy that the rest of us don't care if that guy quits or not. <laughs> Adam, this, I was just gonna, that was gonna be my follow-up question. Any chance the drummer from Suburban Hell Kill does he fall into that opposite category of what we're discussing? Uh, he did for a minute. <laughs> I yeah, I haven't really seen him or talked to him in, in years. He never but... seemed happy to be there. Every time I saw you guys well, he play, just, yeah, he, he wasn't... just. He wasn't really a punk. He Didn't wasn't into punk care, rock. Didn't care, it seemed like. Yeah. He's like, this guy, always happy to have you guys, and I'm glad you two showed up, because I think if he would have showed up for the interview he did... Uh, it just it was, wasn't his scene, yeah. and that's and that's understandable. Yeah, but yeah, as, soon as, like, as soon as Tyler showed up and we had a couple of practices, he was... Uh, yeah, he was then, too, referring to this as our band. So we had him. We didn't want to put too much pressure on him, but we wanted him so bad from day one. So we didn't want to ask him right away, so are you in? Are you in? Are you in? We didn't want to sound Josh eager. used to be in bands with people who can actually, like, sing in pitch of some kind. And so that's new. He's yeah. like, oh, you can, like, hit a note that's in yes. the song. And, and so it was like, oh, my God, this guy can sing in a mediocre way. Let's do it. That's amazing. He's so humble. Too. <laughs> Have you listened to his voice on, yeah, on the album? Guys, he's, he's so humble. I am, <laughs> I'm not that into pop punk. Like if I pick all the various genres, I pop punk has to be good stuff. Like if I like it, boom, I'm an, I'm in. And there's I, a lot that I, I don't like. really think that we're a pop punk band. Though. Right. I don't either. When so you, I, I was going along because you guys were talking about starting there. a pop punk, but I think you're kind of 
that blend of street punk and pop punk. We You're didn't right. want to. We didn't necessarily want to start a pop punk band, but we just wanted to start a punk band that was fun. You know, right. not yeah. angry. Every band I've been in has been aggressive and angry, and we just wanted to have fun with this band, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. So, and I we're think pop uh, punk in the same way Alkaline Trio is pop punk. It's like no, they're they're a punk band with pop a pop overlay. Sure, that's how I've always seen. Or them. a song or two that might be one that you would hear played after pop punk you know if you went to a pop punk channel they have a couple tracks that probably fit the bill but generally speaking the band i wouldn't describe that way absolutely you guys yeah like i think a one of the guys that or the guy that reviewed us in slug was like oh yeah i could see a couple of these songs being on like an early green day record which is like at the time they they no one described green day as pop punk but now it's like you'd look back you'd be like oh yeah that is kind of pop punk right it's like it's like here let's throw some catchy vocals in the chorus and let's do there's like a ton of melody and it's not just super fast all the time like um i think that guy uh the guy who reviewed us jim ruland he uh i think he pretty much gave us our genre name we're midlife crisis punk <laughs> which i was like holy shit the average age of this band is like 31 and like i love that review but it was so funny like every other line was like aging punks embracing misery and i'm like okay josh is old <laughs> but i mean Eric, 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 technically, what, like 28? technically on the outside you're 29 I'm like, you're not like even 30 yet yeah. you're not even 30 yet like, like, middle-aged. yeah middle-aged like what is i thought middle-aged i thought i had time how old was the guy that did the interview <laughs> was it russ or who yeah i think it was russ oh russ there. holstein yeah how's russ I'm guessing he's like 17. He's got to be like uh, 17. Fair enough. Fair enough. Us, That's where like, I'm yeah. gonna consult the. Uh, I'm gonna consult the slug archives. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I'll just message uh, Angela. And be like, how old is Russ? But no, and then and that's like we we hooked up with um, Ben. Ben actually Ben teaches drums at uh, Euphonic Music School, and so we hooked up with the guy that runs that school named Dean White to who who kind of has a who has like a recording studio. Um, where he teaches. And so we ended up doing, doing this record with him. And it's, it was interesting because I feel like I am not a good singer and Dean somehow figured out how to help me sing well. <laughs> and, and it was really good. And it was, it was a really productive process. And it's weird though. Cause sometimes it's like the, the aggression that you want live or like the way we sound live doesn't sound how we sound on the record. And I need, that's what I want to capture the next time we record is like capture more of that energy because I, there's something about like you're in this more sterile environment and you're singing and it's hard to like to get all of the feeling in. That's what I want to capture capture next time around is is I, I and I think that's what the music that's going to come out in the next six months to a year is going to have is is going to be heavier and is going to have more of that energy to it. I think that's that's how most bands are, right? Bands evolve. You continue listening to stuff and then what you put out as a band, at least somebody's into. Sometimes. With Suburban Hellkill, you get a guy who happens to be the drummer that doesn't probably listen to anything like what the band's doing. But generally speaking, you get band members that have somewhat similar interests. A band that we did an interview with, Bricks and Mortar, their drummer, metal guy, listens to a lot of metal music. But if you listen to their music, it's kind of a blend of oi and hardcore music. But then Joey, because Joey and Troy both do vocals, and when Joey sings, it's more... As you're describing your vocals, and when Troy sings, Troy's more growly, oi, maybe hardcore, because he was the vocalist for Razors in the Night, if you're familiar mm. with that band. And so uh, when you get a group of guys together, 
they might not all listen to the same thing. So it's kind of throwing everybody's thing in a blender and what comes out comes out. And if you continue to listen to things or like, hey, I like what we did, but I'm hearing these other things, then those things start to get thrown in the blender too. Yeah, I think that um, that's something that I really appreciate about our band and it's, it just seems like a happy accident or coincidence is that it feels like our music tastes are co like like line up enough that um, we come up with something like coherent and we agree on stuff but then there's like enough divergence that it's interesting and you know uh, when conversations about like categorization and genres come up I think uh, our record kind of is like journeys through several different uh, genres and we don't really like stay in one space and I think that um, that's something that I'm personally really proud of because I think that if you are making art like genuinely and authentically um, and trying to do something interesting um, it's not gonna fit neatly into a category um, and so that's uh, those are things I appreciate uh, about uh, everybody in the band as I feel like one of our strengths is we're open-minded and um, we're not gonna like write a song that like this fits uh, this is like we're doing a song because it's a punk song like we just kind of do songs that sound good to yeah. us like we just uh, sort of write whatever all of our uh, you know like what Ben was saying we all have sort of a diverse musical taste but we all find a you know common plane on which we can stand and that's sort of the idea of uh, having a good record as someone who's reviewed them for fucking 10 years <laughs> you don't want all your songs to sound the same and i true you know maybe i'm biased because i helped create them but none of our songs all eight of them sound different to right. some extent and i enjoy an album that can tell a story so you you, you know, some bands will have some theme or something like that. But I also like when the songs you can tell when one song ends and the next one begins. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that one of the things I think is really cool about this band too that I was thinking about earlier is that um, like nobody gets their feelings hurt in this band when somebody doesn't like something that the other person is coming up with. You know, there's not this like, well, what about my song? What about my song? Like we don't have that. Um, yeah, we're not and I've, I've always been under the belief that it takes every single member to write a song. You know what I mean? Like it takes all four different parts. So I might write like a full song on guitar and bring it to these guys, but it's never going to, it's never going to stay that way. Everyone's ideas come in, things change, but the song is not written until everybody else does their parts. Yeah. And we really have that with this band too. I mean, Eric is like, he's, He's the opposite of a boring bass player. He doesn't just follow <laughs> the root notes of everything oh, that the guitar's doing. He comes up with like his uh, his own song, basically, on bass that fits with whatever <clears throat> I'm doing on guitar. Ben is always striving to do something creative and different on drums. He's not like a regular punk drummer. It's just a tattoo, 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 like that <laughs> standard beat. Yeah. He's very diverse. He's always, I know that he's spent so many nights wide awake just playing these beats in his head, not being able to sleep. Yeah. And then Tyler with his leads too. Like it's really, uh, it's, it's a lot more simple to be on vocals and play rhythm guitar, but he's doing leads on top of his vocals, which is like, that's not an easy thing to do. Oh, so That's all four of us are basically right. writing the song. It's not one song is written by one person. We're all jumping in and adding everything to it. And I feel like it's just, 
This is a project where I feel like it's all of us. It's all of ours. Every song is all yeah. of ours, regardless of, uh, you know, if the majority of it was written by one person or another. It just, it feels like it has every single one of us in it. And I love it. Oh, I've been in bands where it was just me writing everything. And to me, that's boring. You know, I, <laughs> I am like a little bit of a control freak, but I would rather be in a band where everyone is bringing stuff in. Right. It's that's, so much more fun yeah. for me. And when we got Tyler too, I could just sit back and like, he's such a good songwriter too. I'm like, cool. Cause when I'm struggling to come up with something, you know, he's bringing songs to the table. That's and, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of this record and I'm like, I don't know. It's probably like half and half of like, we'll come in with 75% of a song and then start messing around. Like, Hey, here's the basics for it. But like, like misery doesn't sound like I thought it was going to sound like, and burnout doesn't sound like I thought it was going to sound like. And like a lot of these songs we bring in, um, they they change and they change and they change in a good way. It's like oh, here were things I didn't think of because my brain or my ear doesn't work that uh -huh. way. And yeah. you guys give me something. And I'm like oh hell yeah, this is great. So yeah, I feel like a lot of times bands like you like I was in a band where everybody's interests were were too different, and uh -huh. so I had we had like one guy who was like well I want to sound like Van Halen. And another guy who wanted to sound like Parkway Drive, and I'm like, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> like, like, we Parkway can't have Drive all with of these... shredding solos. That's yeah, an interesting it was, idea, though. It, it's an interesting idea. But then, well, but then I wanted to be, oh God, what did I want to be back then? I probably wanted to be like. Converge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably wanted to be like Converge, or every time I die or something, I was like, no, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> but so I, but I feel like everything here is like, we're all close enough and different enough that it, that it blends together in a way that we're all happy with. And it probably helps when. If somebody's having a tough time, like, oh, I don't know, and then somebody else comes to the table, inspire, right? Yeah. Or either something to add to that or maybe inspiration to get past your block onto something else that might be totally different. So if you're mm -hmm. doing everything on your own, you don't have that compliment to, to help. But then when you do have it, then you get to keep working off of each other. And I'm sure that is helpful. Yeah, and I purposely try to not complete songs on my own, too. Like, I'll bring a half-written song on guitar and show it to these guys because I want everybody else to help finish it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll record myself playing, like, a riff and send it to the group chat. Everyone can come up with, like, their ideas on how to complete it. So, if, yeah, uh, I'd be right about that. If we were all uh, coming in with complete songs and we were going to just play them as is, record them as is, we'd sound like a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. So, but, I think that uh, I... Think is interesting. I think that um, is a if we were to have a formula or a pattern is um, Josh and Tyler are I guess the primary uh, come with song ideas like uh, writing uh, stuff like they a song will start as a Josh song or a Tyler song and they're both uh, like very distinct as like how those songs kind of turn out. Like the Josh songs are more uh, rhythmically intricate. Um, yeah. So Josh songs are like Tuna, Tex Arcana, Bonnie and Clyde. And then the Tyler songs are more um, radio hook. <laughs> <laughs> Misery, Burnout Generation, um, Time, Time Machine. Machine. It's like mid-career bad religion. Yeah, so we, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's it, and then like... Um, everybody adds their like touches to that blueprint and then you get an apathetic okay. song. Well, and I think that's why like tuna feels like, God, it sounds so stupid every time I say it. Why tuna feels like the song that is like this band, because it feels like there's like one piece of each of us in that song. Yeah. Like you've got the, the initial riff and the verse, which is just like Josh. 
like totally a Josh riff. And then the weird like bridge part, which is definitely a me riff. And then the breakdown, which is an Eric thing. And we've got some fun drums. It just feels like everybody has a part in that song. Eric came that, up with like, a breakdown in the song? <laughs> we didn't come up with a breakdown. Uh, I was just sort of like, let's keep it. Let's well, we heard, it. it's funny because on that part, we, we all heard Eric's voice, his hardcore voice in the background. And we didn't even have to like... Yeah, we all were like, hey, I think Eric should do this. And you were like, yeah. well, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah no, this agree. is going to happen. Yeah, that's like, cool. Okay, my time to shine, bitches. <laughs> but that's a good example of a song that um, I didn't fully write, too. Like, I wrote verse, uh, intro, verse, chorus, and then let these guys finish the rest of it. Yeah, I honestly think that that's sort of the, uh, the runaway hit of that album. I mean, yeah, we got songs on there that people love to no degree like uh, we get a lot of compliments for misery and burnout because they're like super they're catchy they're catchy as all hell but i think as far as uh, uh like like we've been saying it's everybody's got a piece in there i think it's our most uh, musically diverse song out of all eight of them right now and now we're at a point in our in our illustrious career already <laughs> that that now all of us are uh, comfortable with the uh, uh, writing uh, on top of each other's songs, and we're really starting to sound like our own thing. The lyrics in that song, too, are so good. And that's the thing about Tyler, yeah. is he's... Sometimes you'll find a good vocalist that's not, like, the best lyricist, or somebody that's a really good lyricist that isn't the best vocalist. I've been in projects with both, but he's a great vocalist, and he writes really good lyrics. <laughs> Some of his well, lyrics, thanks, man, man, like, thanks, it, man. they blow me away, and I think that they really shine on that song. Yeah, and now I'm coming in with songs that I have mostly written. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're writing the song called Damage right now that is... Yeah, Damaged by Design. <laughs> just just like a straightforward, fast punk song. Well, it was originally we written st- We started that, yeah, yeah, years ago. Years ago, and I just, we couldn't ever, like, bring it to fruition. Yeah, right before now. the suburban hell got gentrified. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were writing uh, that one. It was, our, it was like the last song we attempted to write in that band, and I was like... Now, you know what? I'm going to bring this back. This song deserves to be fucking unearthed. And I had, like, all the lyrics uh, written out, and I had the... Yeah, I had the bass riff and the overall song structure. It's pretty short, and it's sweet, and it's, uh, you know, it's faster. I think it's our fastest song to date now, maybe. I don't think... No, I don't know. No ben, it's the fastest. Yeah, Five Delight's probably still faster. Yeah. But it's, it's one of our more uh, straightforward punk songs, like, kind of like how Stories is more just straightforward. And... Uh, but yeah, going back to like, uh, you know, the uh, criticism and everyone uh, putting their things in, like Josh is thinking, you know, during the chorus riff, I want to do something uh, different with a guitar than doing a straight riff. And then Tyler's saying, well, maybe we shouldn't hang out on this part too long. Maybe we should cut it down. And we all have the and freedom then, to do that, too. It's not yeah. like, no, you have to do this. This is the way I hear it. Like, we don't we do not do that kind of stuff oh, yeah. here. There's yeah, no ego in this band whatsoever. Because the way that you write songs in your head, how you're composing them, it sounds a lot different when it's played back to you. And then you start thinking, oh, uh, yeah, you know what? This actually sucks. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's uh, tweak this part a little bit. Uh, yeah, that sounds better. Let's roll with that. That's well, like when I was doing all the dumb legal stuff and like registering the songs and everything. They are all just twenty five percent, twenty five percent, twenty five percent. Like every every, it's just it's just split. It's not like oh, I wrote this song or Josh wrote this song. It's just we all wrote. Every yeah, song. we all wrote everything. Yep. Yeah, and I got to point out something. I'm gonna. Uh, I know Ben won't toot his own horn, but I'm going to. Oh, <laughs> when we went to record our, uh, <laughs> when we went to record the 
the Last Rites album, uh, Ben was actually the first to lay down anything. That's fucking unheard of when it comes to recording, uh, doing a recording album where you like lay down the drums first. Okay, well you lay down the drums first, but he laid it down without us playing along. Because he had like the tempos memorized. Wow. Yeah, he had, yeah, he had just mapped out all the songs. Like we didn't even, I don't think we even did scratch tracks for most of it. No. We Maybe did. for the first couple of songs we did, but when we came back to record everything for the album, yeah, we did not. Yeah, Ben just had it charted out for every single song and just went in there and spent like That's a fantastic. Day. Yeah, I liked, uh, uh, definitely worth noting. Visual, so I just, uh, notated it and, um, like, yeah, just thought about all the little, uh, fills and, Hits and it was a pretty um, was premeditated. Um, I'm hoping like I'm, and I'm, that's kind of like how I operate. But uh, I with like new stuff we're writing, I definitely want to you know always want to change and evolve and um, want to be a little bit more uh, spontaneous this time around. <laughs> but still uh, record all of it without scratch tracks, but spontaneously. <laughs> On that note, so a partial, at least, suburban Hellkill song, and I know all of you guys have been in bands, have you brought other things that may have been unfinished, or are these completely new? You know, I think, I don't think I brought, I brought songs that I was writing, like, in probably like 2018 or 2019 that I didn't know, I, I wasn't in a band, I didn't know, really know what they'd be. But I think for the most part, it's lyrics. Like, I think I, I wrote a lot of lyrics or, or stuff that I had journaled that then just comes back, like, five years later. That I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, reading through some old Google Doc. I'm like, yeah, we could use that here. That would work. And we've tried to bring back a couple of the Suburban Hellkill songs, but it just doesn't fit too well with this project. No, there was just, the, uh... They're just too different. There is one song from, um, it was, like, our, our uh, song about veganism from Suburban Hell Kill. Yeah, it was the vegan power song. We're kind of bringing back to life with this band, but adding like a, a crazy breakdown at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, we're kind I, of rewriting I can't wait that to do one. that song yeah. live, but um, everything as far as uh, what I've brought to this project has been basically new ideas. Maybe a couple of stuff that we had when, when I first came across Ben, when we had the Cry Wolf, but that was, I mean, there was only like a six month gap in between that and this project. So everything's, Basically, I haven't tried to recycle too much from, from songs that I've written in the past. Well, you guys have played shows, so have yeah. you brought tracks, everybody learned a track or something like that? Like, what, when, you, you know, when was your guys' first show? It's been a while. It was in uh, 2022? Ogden? Right. We played yeah, it was right. Kamikazes. Kamikazes. Yeah. Kamikazes. And you didn't have all eight of these tracks at that point, so we, what were you playing? We probably had six of them. Yeah, we played, and then a, we, we cover, played a couple covers. Cover we, song, and okay. then we had a song that, we, that was part of our regular um, set list that we scrapped. Okay. That's going to happen, too. <laughs> You're going to have sure. songs that you think are really good when you first start, but the more you play them, you start to hate them. And well, that and, right. just happens. And now or change them. We've got a show coming up in a few weeks, and now we're at the point where we're like, oh, shit, we have to get rid of a song. We can't play all of them. We, like, mm-hmm. We've got some new songs we want to play, and we're like, but which ones do we get rid of? Because we don't really... There's not a song that we're like easily like, oh yeah, scrap this one. We don't like this one. It's yeah, because we've already done that. We've already <laughs> scrapped all the songs. Like all the songs that we had when we first started, there's so many of them that we don't use anymore. Right. And but, there's going to be songs that you guys like, but then any bands that you've been in, you probably had friends, a following of some sort, and people watched your shows and they liked the tracks. But mm-hmm. Now you're not, none of you are playing in any of those bands anymore, right? So are there any 
people, especially Suburban Hellkill, because there's two of you, two of the three of you, then people are probably have seen that band and then going to see Apathetics that ever say, hey, why don't you incorporate this track? Or uh, I watched you guys in your bands and I really liked it and we're never going to see your band play again, or most likely. I don't, th- I don't I, think anyone from the Suburban Hellkill yeah. crowd comes out to show. And even if they did, I think that they are way more stoked on the music that we're making now than okay. what we were doing with that yeah. project. So I don't think anyone's like, you should play this over the songs that you've written <laughs> with this band. Because, no. uh, I don't know, I'm... I'm I'm so much more proud of what we've done in this band than anything that I've done in the past. So no, I'm still lobbying and <laughs> insisting that we bring back a perfect world. And we I might, we might do fit. that. <laughs> we might do that just for a live thing too. Sure. Me, me and Eric on vocals. Let Tyler kind of have a yeah. breather, maybe. The only I thing I, I hear think from that people... that's the song in the past that would fit the best in the, this uh, standpoint. The only thing I've heard from people is I just like most of my friends that will actually come to shows are metalheads, and so they're like, <laughs> "Like do something heavier, like come on, right?" So that's the only that's the only thing I've heard, and I'm like, "Okay, I'll try." But right. but I'm like, it's not a heavy band, man. Like we're gonna have you might have a couple songs where you can mosh to it, but you can't. It's not the whole show. It's some of the, some of the new stuff is definitely more on the aggressive side, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got some more aggressive, but still fun. Not like just angry. Movies. Still fun, but a lot more energy and more aggressive, more dirty on like vocal wise. Yeah. You know, I so keep, I keep comparing it to how uh, Anti Flag mixes it up. I know Anti Flag is a hot button issue, but besides <laughs> the point, their music, musically speaking, you have songs on like the Terror State. You have songs that are like Turncoat and. Uh, uh, you know, songs that are like that, but then you got Death of a Nation, which is just a fucking punchy hardcore number. Right. It's like, that's on the same record? Yeah, we can do that. As long as it sounds like it's coming from us, from a sure. genuine place, then, yeah, we can make that work. Yeah. And when it comes to any music, some people are going to like an entire album. I like everything. Everything was good. And then other people, like, for example, I was just doing my best of list, like, looking through, and then I've gone through that Rancid. I love Rancid. But, man, that new album... I was like, all right, it's pretty good. It's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. And then that Magnificent Rogue, every time that fucking song comes on, I'm like, I try to listen to it. Like, am I going to like it anymore? Nope, I just don't like it. What they did, I don't like it. They could scratch that shit right off that record. Right? So some people are going to be like that with regardless. You know, there's probably people out there that love that album front to back and other people that are saying, worst rancid album ever. I'm sure there's a variety. But the point is, is, you write and put whatever you want on. If it sounds like it's coming from you, well, you might write something heavy, something metal-like, or more metal compared to what you have, and then there's going to be people like, I really like that song, and they're going to like that song. And the rest is like, eh, you know, whatever. And then other people are going to like, I'm going to like every song, but then there's that one metal song, I don't know, I'm not really into it. So you really do it for you, right? 100%. if you do that compilation of sorts, you know, the, a little bit of diversity in the sound, then people are going to like you're going to have a, maybe a larger pool into at least a track, if not several tracks, of what the Apathetics are yeah, doing it's, as well. It's it's amazing when other people like your stuff, but I don't think that's why any of us really do it. You know, we, we, we write the songs. We, I would say most people play. probably don't, but it's probably nice to have at, at least some people at your shows, right? <laughs> it is. You know, one thing one thing that is really cool is I I feel like half people I talk to it is always a different song. It's like I've got one person at my work, shout out Sammy, that like comes to every show and like her favorite song is Tex. And then my brother's favorite song is Misery. Thanks, and then and then yeah. <laughs> and then and taste. then like a bunch of people's favorite songs is Burnout. But it's like I feel like I hear a different thing from a bunch of people, which is cool to hear like, oh, like we made a bunch of different stuff and those things are connecting with people differently. And that's and that's always cool to see. 
that it's not like, oh, hey, you guys made one song that people like and everything else sucks. <laughs> like, it's cool that, like, oh, different things connect with different people, and that's been, that's yeah. been cool. And every show we play, yeah. we always, people always come up on stage and sing some of the songs, and that's such a great feeling, too. Right. When people and so actually, there's nobody there. They know the lyrics, and they <laughs> want to come up on stage without us asking them to, and they right. actually know the songs and sing them. Like, that's just a cool feeling, you know? Yeah, that's how we stole the show uh, last February that we did for uh, Shotty's birthday. We were the only, like... Uh, sort of punk band on that bill because we played with uh, uh, we played with Disengage we played with Simeon like, stole a show for me Simeon yeah yeah and these are all like heavy bands on the metal spectrum we were the standouts but we had like the biggest reaction from the crowd because I mean yeah we're fucking different we're like bringing people up on stage I remember taking a uh, pointing at Chris from the very back, like, hey, I know you're like a total thrasher and everything, got your spiky jacket and everything, but you still have that Alkaline Trio tattoo, so come up and sing Private Eye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He came up, sang it terribly, but he did. Yeah, this one is like, well, wait, I Chris, think we played on. it terribly. I think Chris did fine. We played it terribly. Yeah. We've had, we've had like Nikki come up and do Burnout. We've had Sabiel from Just for the Record come up. Like Gentry will come up and sing Misery with me sometimes. Zach, Zach too. He comes oh, up yeah. and sings yep. Burnout and he kills it yeah, every Zach time. Will Zach come Waste. Yeah, Zach Waste, Zach Brand, Zach big Brand. fucking tall Zach. <laughs> Continuing invitation, if you know shit, please come, especially on that song. Like, I, like it's so much fun to have people come help out yeah, and, and just great. have fun have with us. Audience interaction. <laughs> we tried to play that song, I think, like in the middle of the set once, and the band that we played with, they are like, why, did, why didn't you end with that song, Burnout <laughs> Generation? And ever since then, we have ended with that song yeah. every time. It's just the perfect way to end a show. And with the chanty part, everybody getting involved, yeah. It's, it's our version of Bro Love it. <laughs> Such a fun song to play live. Yeah. You got to play the anthemic one. You got to play it last. That's what. That's how we always ended our set with Suburban Hellkill was with A Perfect World because it ends with that chanty part at the end. Yeah, I mean, we do put a lot of effort into... Um, Coming up with a good set list, something to play live, you know, something that I think that, uh, yeah, people are going to respond to, you know, sure. we don't just randomly pick songs, like we actually map it out, come up with what we think is like the best way to play a show, and same thing to introduce with, uh, the songs, yeah. you know. And same thing with the uh, track list and on the record, you know, we had a, I think we spent a week going back and forth with each other on what song should start the album, where the... Where Misery should go. Where should Bonnie go? Bonnie should open the album. No, Tuna should open the album. It's just... It <laughs> yeah, we went back and forth debate. for a long time. Well, that's like, I mean... And this is... Everybody deals with this, but we... How long did it take before we came up with a name? Like... Quite a while. Months. Yeah. Months and months. Yeah. And, and I think we all just were like, well, okay, Fuck this it. is fine. The apathetics, the apathetics is... Yeah. By the time we got to that, we were like, okay. Like, if do we all hate it? No. Sick. That's the name now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and one of the, I think one of the hardest parts about being in a band is being in a band with the right people too. You know what right. I mean? Like people that aren't going to fight and argue over a right. band name, you know, like we, yeah, we kicked, a, kicked around a lot of ideas and just settled on one. I still think Ambiguous and... Beards would have been a good band. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be, that's my uh, Hasidic uh, ska band that was going to be, I haven't started my Hasidic ska band, Ambiguous Beards, but. They're coming. Yeah, this is this is this is Ben. <laughs> this is this is Ben who is sitting here in a modest Yahoo sweatshirt. Yeah, um, my beard. Like, yeah, it's yeah, happening. Yeah, it's happening. Exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure we've all been in bands with people that um, I don't know. We didn't like, you know. And I don't think that we have that in this band. 
That's yeah. Which I love. Like we have fun. We we're just we're buddies. You Nobody know, tell so. Josh. <laughs> Nobody tell. <laughs> <saying. laughs> These guys yeah, have their own private chat where they're talking <laughs> shit about me. <laughs> yeah, I've been in vans with people, uh, not necessarily hated or fucking despise or anything, but I could just tell that they were like. They're just there to show up and do the job. They're not hanging or anything afterwards. I'm like, okay, whatever. Can't really relate to them, but, you know, it's fine. And it's hard finding a, a group of people, too, that we can take all of our individual creativeness and put it and have one finished product with it, you know. And um, finding a group of guys that don't have egos, that's really hard to do in bands, too. I've been in so many bands with egomaniacs and it just sucks being in bands with people like that. And <laughs> yeah. we don't have that in this band and I love it. Like we're just here to have fun. And that's what I think uh, my favorite part of this band is. Yeah. And, and on that same coin, it's like, none of us are here just to, I'm just here for the ride, man. I'm just along for the ride. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's like, no, everyone's going in. Everyone's throwing money in the pot. Awesome. Yeah, there's no oh, higher there's no higher guns. There's not like one person who's like, hey, we need just needed the bass player. Like, please come play bass. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like everybody's writing, everybody's involved. And I think I, I don't know, for me at least with the ego, it's like I've got a full time job. I'm like, this is I'm like, this is something I want to be fun. Yeah. Like if yeah. this is something that just felt like work all the time or felt like I, I don't know, it's like I want this to just be a fun thing to do yeah. with with people that I actually want to hang out with. Yeah, none of us think that we're gonna become these big rock stars and like, you know, <laughs> yes. sell out stadiums or anything. We play shows for like fifteen people. Yeah. And we're happy with that. I don't even care if like five people show up. It's just fun to do. Yeah. You know? And we played shows where it was like uh literally just uh us playing to the the other bands yep maybe one or two people showed up and they were just friends just kind of like yeah why not <laughs> but but you know we still did that yeah and who cares if that happens we're just up there having fun so, whether we're doing that in our people. rehearsal room or we're doing it on a stage where there's like five people in the crowd it doesn't matter we just we're, we're just having a good time yeah i play guitar because it's fun i'm in a band because it's fun yeah i mean we do it just uh like i said we do it for ourselves you know, if we get recognition from it, even outside of the, even outside of our little uh, circle, you know, that's all cool. It's like, yeah, somebody is actually picking up what we're laying down. Someone can relate to this. It's sort of like a gratifying, you know, like we're not doing this all in vain. Well, on that note, is that something you guys would want to do, uh, go other places? So you've played oh, yeah. along the Wasatch Front. And I know having full-time jobs, trying to coordinate everybody yeah. uh, at the same time, but doing a weekend or something like that. So regionally, like you could hit up Idaho or Wyoming or Colorado, oh, Nevada. Yeah. What You could even do the West Coast, like if you had like a week off, you know, something like that. That's that something cool. you guys would do. Yeah, that'd be rad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this, no, uh, I think maybe this spring, this summer, we can start trying to get out and do some like little weekend tours. We yeah. want to play punk rock bowling. <laughs> right. Yeah. I haven't yeah, announced all the do. club shows yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do do a festival, do a do a regional tour, do something like that. I think that'd be you know find another, either either find another band to do it with, or just or just um, you know do the do the kind of regional touring thing and and show up at some clubs and play for some kids in Idaho or something like that. Sounds fun. Denver might be a good place. I can't think of the names of the festivals or arranged thing you know multi-day thing that they've done but that's a huge one no not right fast there's a there's a different one that had similar bands you know that kind of had a lot of that street punk 
little pop sound, you know, those kind of things. Oh. And well, maybe you could be our manager and you can hook <laughs> some of those up for uh, us. I will reach I don't out. Think any of us even know where well, to you start. You got connections worldwide <laughs> for Christ's sake. Right. So. I was going to say I know a handful of the bands that were on that bill, and I don't remember who put it on. But anyway, something like that because it's not that far. Uh, obviously, somebody that would were to do that, like if I'm going to do that here in Salt Lake, of course, I'm going to hit you guys up and a couple other bands, but I don't want just Salt Lake bands because people can go to watch you guys on a Tuesday night or a Friday night or whenever it is that you guys happen to have played here along the Wasatch Front. And same goes with most any other Salt Lake band. If I were to hit up, they'll catch them playing. Like I went and saw the Drowns this past week on Wednesday and you got to see Hi-Fi Murder and Pirates of the Promised Land. Well, Pirates on the Promised Land, I probably could have seen them the month before and yeah. so forth. You, <laughs> yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? So, of course, get a couple bands like that. But then, all right, let's see who in Denver wants to come in, who in Boise wants to come in, who in Vegas or so forth. And that would be you guys going over to Denver or I would to Vegas to or something that. like that where yeah. it's not too so far, too. a couple yeah. days. And I think that you guys would fit in really well because, of course, in Denver, they're going to want to see some of those bands, but then they're going to want to see some new bands coming in as yeah. well. We've definitely kicked around that idea, and I think that's something that we'll probably, oh, yeah. probably try to make happen. I'm, I mean, I'm intense on playing shows out of state. I've done it before. I miss doing it. I love playing in different places. It's, right. like, it's exciting for me. You're, I, uh, there's a person in Idaho Falls that, that's a promoter out there, and he wants to get us up there to do a show. and hopefully fortunately not too happen. far what is that like two and a half hours three hours something yeah like that? yeah so, falls close yeah right, and then right yeah, now we've Vegas just been, isn't far yeah we've yeah. just been uh putting our efforts towards writing new stuff right now if a, if a show comes along that we want to play we'll take it but i think uh this spring and summer yeah definitely trying to get out there and do some right. like little weekend gigs you know and like, i've heard people talk yeah. about doing some shows in places like grand junction or uh, I forget where, but somewhere in Wyoming, right? And well, I mean, that, and I say that because that's kind of along the way for a weekend. Uh, if you were to go to Denver, or there's plenty of other places, but there's smaller places that people might not really think about going to. But I've heard people that go play those shows and talk about how grateful the crowd was to get a band from yeah. out of the area to well, come through and play. I love that idea. It. Yeah, go play in like even Evanston. Ogden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, when yeah. we played Ogden, Ogden is so much better than Salt Lake. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That Funkin' Dive show that we played of. Uh, some at some oh, point last right. year, that was like one of our better shows. Their like local live music scene is just <clears throat> so much more live than it is in Salt Lake. I uh, feel like everyone's all like spoiled. They get too many shows. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and we are true. playing. We are playing there in um. When is that? It's in March. It March twenty right? ninth. Yeah, 29th. 29th. Okay. Uh, 29th uh, at uh, Funkin' Dive in Ogden, and it's gonna be a really fun show. Um, last time we played there, like the whole place was packed. It was like a real show, actually. Yeah, it was like good. they yeah, just come out. They like to have fun. And it was right after our album was released, and uh, Josh had the stack of little uh, CDs, and he was like giving them out to people. They were all gone. <laughs> they yeah, were they all were gone, gone within the like thirty seconds. You when know, I wrote, yeah. you were doing that, and I was like, do people still have CD players? I'm like, I don't have a CD player anymore. I, I mean, they like, must, right? Or yeah. they just took them because people like free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the one in my car on occasion. And then I typically, all the CDs that I get, I've got a disc player I plug in and move them all uh, digitally. Yeah. Because that's yeah, yeah, typically yeah. how I use it. But yeah. And it's nice to have the CDs. copy because... Yeah, people still like having a physical album artwork, right? Yeah. Thing. yeah. Like Which if, our friend Nikki made that right. album artwork. Big shout out to Nikki. She yeah. designed that and we all love it. Yeah, we went with that uh, old school film noir yeah, and, uh, idea. Yeah. A lot of people, or I don't even know if this is an official thing, but talked about it a little bit, that 
our album may or may not be an accidental like concept album. So, <laughs> it sort of is. It's, yeah, is is, is accidental concept album an oxymoron? Because like if you didn't intend it, but then it became a concept album. Hmm. It was God's will. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have you, you didn't or intend it, but the uh, I don't know all the lyrics kind of do follow. But a, you can see theme. the concept. Yes. Yeah, it was a coincidence, sort of, but. Yeah, we didn't really realize this until after we had looked at all of our songs. We're like, hey, you know what? There is a bit of a narrative going <laughs> on here. Yeah, it ended up being this. I think I think it was when we finished Bonnie and Clyde, and we were like, oh, okay, it's this like, it's this narrative of these two. Of, of, I mean, kind of a fucking Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, criminals. Like it's, it's lovers. Yep, criminals, yeah. lovers getting you know making making bad decisions and going through their own like you know personal turmoil. Yeah, dealing with that. I still think we should uh, do the photo shoot where we're wearing suits, looking like uh, looking like mobsters. Yeah, I'm not a Tommy gun. I want a real Tommy gun now. I think it would just be fun. That that'll be our that'll be like our gimmick. Like if Alkaline Trio had the like I don't know what did they have like the upside down cross and like that kind of like semi satanic shit. Yeah. yeah, we'll be. Ask uh, Tyler that played in your other band. He he has all kinds of oh, dude, he's got World he's got bazookas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. he might yeah, have a Tommy gun. I could see a bazooka on band. <laughs> there you go. Just yeah, say, hey, can we borrow some of your that's, stuff for a that's, photo yeah, shoot? Your bazooka band. Bazooka band. One weapons. Well, that was the era. If you watch some of those movies, it was well, the yeah, same era. <laughs> I still want to do. I still want to do the corpse paint standing in a ball pit. Oh yeah, yeah. I do love that. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler threw that out as a joke. Like, yeah, we should just maybe just get corpse paint on us and stand in a ball pit and take some pictures. And I think it's actually a really funny idea. Like just oh, that yeah. juxtaposition really of like we're that. really sad, but also yeah, here's this colorful, pit. beautiful. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll do our makeup too. <laughs> Which is actually like how I feel all the time, anyways. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that duality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I mean, uh, the people these days, when you want to give them uh, visuals, they love uh, not necessarily gimmicks like that, but just like stupid humor. Just uh, humor that kind of coincides within itself. For example, what we were just saying a bunch of uh, black metal heads in a fucking Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. <laughs> So, so yeah, it would totally fit. People will pick that shit up, and they'll be like, okay, what is this band supposed to be? Hey, there was something I wanted to say really quick. <laughs> <laughs> What's a vampire's favorite fruit? I don't know. Orange. A blood orange. A blood orange. Oh. <laughs> Laffy Taffy's, guys. We're, we're sponsored by Laffy Taffy. What's the other one? <laughs> oh, the other one is, uh, let's just see. Where should you never take dogs shopping? Uh, a school? <laughs> I don't know. The flea market! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, Black, Blacky Taffy for years now needs to practice more discernment. I feel like <laughs> anybody can write any shitty ass joke and they'll put it on, you know, uh, Laffy Taffy rapper and. Yeah, let's go on a Laffy Taffy tangent for the last. <laughs> <laughs> Laffy Fucking Laffy Taffy. You know, we need um, we need. Sorry, I have one. I'm eating one right now. We're not sponsored by Laffy Taffy, but if Laffy Taffy does want to start paying us <laughs> in Laffy Taffy's, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll let Eric write the jokes. Okay, I got one. What's an audio book that Bill Cosby should never read? Oh, oh God! Oh God! Why no? 
Good night, Moon. <laughs> you're, you're a bad person. I'm so bad. <laughs> 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 great punk ass gonna get canceled. <laughs> well, on the note that you were describing, you got the show coming up, and you talked about over the next year uh, putting music together. What is in store for the band? On top of that, or more definitively? Well, right now, we've been like cruising with writing new material. We got like, well, two, almost three songs, like, show ready. And we do have two shows coming up. One on February 17th, is it? Yeah, February 17th, we'll be playing at Aces High Saloon for okay. uh, Shawnee's birthday. Right. We love you, Shawnee. Much we love, love you, Shawnee. Thank Mwah. you for the support. Always, always, always. Uh, we'll be playing with our friends in Filth Lords. And Goat Sifter and Don't Trust Anybody. And you guys should have them yeah. on your show. We played they with DTA so a, a DTA, few months ago yeah. and they were great. They are yeah, so they were really Play with uh, DTA. It was uh it was with Boss's daughter. When Boss's mm-hmm. daughter came through, we played with DTA and uh Tact and a couple other bands. I can't I'm blanking on them, but whatever. That's the past. This is the future we're talking about. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we wanna write maybe an album's worth of stuff, maybe two albums worth of stuff and scrap everything that we don't like and yeah, yeah hopefully Yeah, I, that's my guess is write a new album. Like this winter, I guess it's almost February. I don't know. Have enough for a new record by the end of the summer kind of a thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll play intent. shows in between as we're going. Mm-hmm. If, if shows uh, come come our way that we want to play, we'll play them. But I think everyone's goal right now is just to yeah. write a new record. But we can't What's... fall into that trap that we did with Suburban Hellkill where we accepted literally every show that was offered to us. And we didn't have time, well, as much time as we allowed ourselves to write new material, let alone record it. Because the only thing Suburban Hellkill released were three scratch tracks and they weren't even complete. So. Well, well, it's also like you were That's saying earlier, now. like if you play a show every two weeks or every month in your same city, like right. getting people to come out is is hard. And that Once makes they sense. realize you do that, they're like, well... They're like, well, today's a Wednesday. i got to do laundry, so maybe I'll catch them in two weeks. I'll catch them next again. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we're trying to do more like once every two or three months. Like right. that way it's like, hey guys, we're, we're playing a show, we're putting a lot of work, it's going to be really fun. Or doing something in Idaho Falls, you know, yeah. would be good. Uh, Evanston or somewhere thereabouts where, I mean, it's you could play it the same night if you oh, wanted. Yeah. You know, you don't have to plan like a weekend trip. You're like, oh, let's go up. We'll come back the next day. Yeah, something that would like be that. super cool. And yeah. I think that is something that we will do. Yeah, I we'll, think you guys fit that bill that I think people would be excited in some of these other areas. Obviously, if you went to the East Coast, you could tour there for a week and do short drives, <laughs> but that's yeah. difficult to do. Out West, yeah. Yeah, time to get off. And yeah, here out West. Anytime I talk to any bands about coming here from Europe or anywhere else from the United States, I say, for selfish reasons, I would love for you to come here, but it's not really worth your time. We're too no. far away from so many places. You're best suited. Stay on the East Coast. You will yeah. have short drives and you'll hit really big areas in, in mm-hmm. those windows. And that would be great, but obviously more time-consuming, more expensive, and those kind of things as well. That would be really cool, yeah. though, to go out yeah. east and play some shows out there. That, we could yeah. all take a week off, save a little bit of money, and go on like would, a week. It would be there. awesome. Oh, man, I would love that. I know shows get bumping out in, uh, you know, bumping out in fucking New York and Boston and what have you. Right. right? Uh, but yeah, playing out here. Or small little is, podunk towns, too. That's what yeah, it, the yeah. small towns yeah. Uh, yeah. are some of the best shows because, like, uh, like my, I had an old band that played in Richfield a couple times. Like, oh my god, these guys are from Salt Lake. Like, what's the big city? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what my friends who have uh, like scattered from usurpers and uh, the dudes in Goat Sifter. They're telling me of all the small towns that they have played, 
And the idea is they are so culturally deprived that it doesn't matter what music you're playing, what type of entertainment you're offering, people will show up. Okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to plan... St. George. We're going to plan the small town tour. Exactly. And we're just going to play like house shows and Denny's. Yeah. Like throughout... No, Denny's, 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 Denny's is Utah. yesterday's news. We're gonna fucking play Sorry, Village Inn. Village Inn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. No, if you I, can find any. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the gas station with the subway attached. Like, yeah. Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, that's. I'm like, yes, let's do the small town tour. That sounds fun. Oh, you guys gonna do an acoustic show? Yeah, totally. Totally. We'll do an acoustic show. <laughs> No, that sounds yeah, we'll sick. Let's play, do that. Yeah, we'll go up and yeah. play Pocatello. We'll I'm, play Elko, Nevada. We'll I'm, play I'm Salem, Oregon. Evanston is actually a really good idea, too. Right. I think we know someone out there that books shows. Right. Oh, Nikki knows like pretty much everyone in Wyoming. She's friends with the Lillingtons and Teenage Bottle Rocket. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So, yeah, if we go up to uh, uh, Laramie, that's right. where they, they would be. Oh, it's, oh, it's in Laramie? We would get okay. a good fucking, uh, yeah, we get a good fucking turnout. Yeah, yeah, see, there we go. We got our small town tour. I'm now officially medicated for ADHD, so I'm writing songs faster. It'd be great. <laughs> like, 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 I should have been working yesterday, but instead, Ritalin was like, you're going to spend three hours on a song. Which, which hey, you want to sell me one of those? Ha, ha, ha. No, of course not. Uh, I know, I think we have to wrap up here before too long, so I think somebody's got to get some more. So I'm going to put everybody on the spot. But I will give you a moment to figure that out. Uh, I'm going to wrap up. Ask everybody, who is a band you would like to open for, right? And it can be Alkaline Trio. I know some of you guys are going to say that. So that's fine if that's going to be the case. And then uh, tell somebody an album for 2023. I just wrapped mine up. Eric's working on his list. We're going to record his stuff too. So that's kind of on the mind. Like (laughs) an album or EP or something that you really enjoyed. And if you have a couple, feel free to shout them out. You don't have to just narrow it to one. But that came out this year? 2023. Okay. Yeah, that that whole year. That way you don't have to just figure out what came out in the last three weeks. So uh, in that case, you might say Alkaline Trio too, because as you guys told me, it came out yesterday. I thought it was... Do soon, but I forgot that it was yesterday. I was that listening came out. to it on the way here. That's so, so was I. It's pretty so good. Good. <laughs> it's pretty so, good. While you do that, because I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, I'm going to circle back to when we were talking about the being able to play other types of music, and instead of creating, because maybe that's just not your thing. You guys have your own style, and even if it evolves a little bit, it might not evolve into those other styles. You can do what so many bands do, say around Halloween where they do the cover set. We pick some band and it can be Converge or it can be whomever, right? And you guys yeah. do a cover set. It's not your stuff. You don't have to spend the time on doing it, but then you get to do something that's yeah. like satisfying in that other realm. And then, you know, that basket goes back to the shelf and I continue doing what we're doing. Or I think they even do it uh, around Christmas. Uh, Racist Kramer throws their Friends Miss Eve and they do the same type of concept where bands do a cover set of whatever specific band. So I didn't want to interrupt where we were and we kind of moved on, but I figured I'd throw that out there in case you guys did have that because I don't think you're going to make a metal album and I was definitely not suggesting that. Well, and it doesn't have to be covering a metal album either. <laughs> it could even be covering Alkaline Trio. Actually, we'll do, a, we'll do a sort of punk goes pop thing, but we'll make it pop punk goes metal. There you go. There we'll you just go. metal the fuck out of Alkaline Trio or Blink-182 or Green Day songs. I think that'd be funny. Do you have the time? Do listen to me. Why? All right. Actually, at that so, point, it'll sound like any given hardcore song. 
<laughs> is anybody ready? Okay, so so give me the two questions again. It was the Kay. best album. Best favorite album, album favorite album of 2023. Yeah. And uh, who is a band you would like to open for? Okay, I've got those two for me. Okay. So so band I would like to open for, for me, would be the Menzingers. Awesome. That is like one of my favorite bands. I was so happy that in Slug, um, like the Slug review said, this band feels like a mix-up of early Judas Priest, Pup, and the Menzingers. And I was so happy because that band, I've listened to the Menzingers so much for so long mm-hmm. that like that someone heard that, that, that they heard that influence there. Like in finally, it was the first time someone had pointed that out. I was like, yes. Yeah. So that band I would love to open for. Um, and then... Real I, quick, yeah. I got... I looked up the guy who uh, did our fucking uh, review, uh, Russ Holston, I believe his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a sort of pot calling the kettle black moment because that guy looks middle aged. There we go. See, I was, <laughs> like, I was like, if Russ is early, is, is saying they sound like '80s Judas Priest. I'm like, there's no way he's under thirty. His whole review like, was there's a no Freudian projection. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, exactly. so, so yeah. I feel middle aged, so I'm going to tell other people they're middle aged. Yeah. yeah so, if we, so if I get open for one band, it would be the Menzingers, and then as far as my favorite record, um, I'm going to split it between two. Do Sorry. it. Yeah, do it. No, no, do it. I'm going to say one, um, the record by Boy Genius, because I'm essentially a queer girl at heart. And <laughs> and then also um, No Joy by Spanish Love Songs. Awesome. Yeah. And depending on venue, right? I mean, that's kind of how it works for bands, local bands to open up for other bands. But depending on the venue that Menzinger's played, I could very well see you guys. Yeah. Doing that, you know, yeah, like, like le- legitimately, not just because I can see it, but like if they were at the right venue, I don't see why they, somebody putting the show together or promoting the show wouldn't ask your band to play there. Yeah, I think I saw them play at the, I think it was the Depot last year, something like that. It was either the Depot or the Complex. So, so yeah. maybe next time they roll through. There we go. I'll get <laughs> those guys up. All right, who's next? I can go next. Um, so, since Tyler did... Two different albums for best <laughs> album. I'll also do two different albums. Um, so, uh, Coed and Cambria, uh, Vaxis 2, Window to the Waking Mind, or Of the Waking Mind. It's um, a really amazing album. Um, they had a song on there that was like, it reminded, it was very like operatic, and uh, also like science fiction was like, Man of La Mancha, Tommy, and Star Wars were one song. <laughs> um, and Josh and I uh, went and saw them over the summer. That was great. Um, and then the other uh, album would be uh, Blink-182, One More Time. Uh, really, some of their best stuff. I was very skeptical about it because um, I'm one of the weirdos that... Um, think that Blink is far superior with Matt Skiba rather than Tom DeLonge. So I was like, I I don't know if I'm going to like the, the new Blink. I prefer the old new Blink with Matt Skiba. But, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really good. And uh, as a drummer, like um, Travis Barker uh, never ceases to amaze and inspire. And um, everything that guy does is like totally different from the last thing that he did like you think like oh I think I know Travis's style but then it's like like he was playing like double bass and like blast beady stuff on this one like for because mm. he can I guess <laughs> um, yeah that guy's crazy um, and the band that uh, I would have us open for would be uh, Coheed and Cambria just because they're one of my favorites and 
they always have great openers. Like I saw Mastodon, they play Crack the Sky mm. all the way through when they oh. open for them. I've seen Between the Bear to Me open for them. I saw Alkaline Trio open for them. Uh, and so I think we're a band of that caliber. You sure the Coheed fans won't uh, boo us off stage saying, Your songs are too short! <laughs> Maybe, maybe we need to write more, uh, more proggy songs. <laughs> maybe so. Should have a song that goes five minutes. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be quite ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would need to take a, a water break or something halfway yeah. through that. <laughs> I mean, the last time Rush played here, they had to give themselves an intermission because <laughs> they're like, okay, we gotta take a little break because we're a hundred years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember I used to listen to Marky Ramone on his Punk Rock Blitzkrieg when it was on satellite radio. I don't know if it is anymore. But he would talk about that. You know, that's the antithesis of what we're talking about. They are the two-minute fast punk rock and why they spawned because of all of the long operatic rock and whatever that was out at the time. And he would talk about the bands that would play three songs, four songs or whatever and then have to stop and talk and get a drink of water and all that. He's like, I can't believe you do that. You know, really, punks are, you get out there and you play. Once the show's going, you're just uh, song after song after song. Well, that's like, <laughs> I, I was listening to, to the NARC record the other day. Yeah. And that record is like 12 songs and it's like 20 minutes long. And it's so good. And everything is just hitting you so hard, but it's over. It's like, it's just like that. It's so good. Yeah. It's great, man. And it's good. Yeah, that's um, something interesting. And I'm a giant uh, at the drive-in and Mars Volta, Cedric and Omar fan. And like, um, I think that, uh, yeah, the, I'm a prog rock is probably my second favorite genre. Um, this first one's math rock. The, I, I think that, uh, that prog and punk, like, they seem antithetical to each other, but they're really not because like, um, if you're going to write, like, we're going to have a 15-minute song, and there's going to be uh, a flute solo, and <laughs> it's going to be four different time signatures, like, that's incredibly, um, like... It's not, it's not, not writing for the mainstream. Yeah, player. exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like, I mean, fuck you if you don't like it. Propagandia's existence oh justifies your whole point. Yeah, like, that is yeah, a progressive yeah. punk band, somehow. So and uh, there's a band called Belmont that I think I showed you oh, guys yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. is incredible, like a uh, prog punk. That's I have been lobbying for us to be a prog punk band <laughs> for quite a long time. Well, we almost had it with the whole uh, concept album. Sure, we had a concept album. We had a potential concept album. And the tuna song is like two and a half genres at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric, Eric or Josh, what do you? Which which one of you guys is up next? Uh, I can go next. I think my favorite album of 2023 was uh, Idols' latest release. Oh, that's it's great. It might have come out this year, though. I don't know. It was either the beginning of this year or the end of last year. Which one? It's called T-A-N-G-K. I don't even think that one's out yet, is it? I thought it came out in February. Well, maybe it's some of the songs off of... They have released a few of the tracks. I think they released a few of the singles. So if the album hasn't come out yet, that's... Those songs are, I thought maybe the album was totally released, but um, really, yeah, really digging that stuff. It's coming out of February 16th. Okay, so I haven't heard the entire, entire record. <laughs> well, you're in for a treat. Um, <laughs> you, just, uh, you just gave away your best album of next year. Well, another band that I've been really into, too, they're a band called Destroy Boys, a female front oh, yeah, punk yeah. rock, kind of punk, kind of rock. They've also released um, 
I think they've released three singles that are coming up on their, their latest album, and that was released in 2023. They're, they're singles. <laughs> three singles. So that would probably be my favorite, and that would be the band that I really want to open up for. Okay. I love those guys. Love them. Have they been to Utah? They played uh, a show that I found out the day of the show. It was uh, over the summer. It was some like festival at the Gateway Mall. Okay. And I didn't make it to it because I just found out about it that day. But they are playing sometime in the next couple of months here. Cool. So, yeah. Well, maybe. I love that. Keep band. your calendar dates open. <laughs> and I, feel, I feel like we could fit in with them. Right. Yeah, they're great. Okay, now me. All right, so favorite album of this year. I see your guys' is too. I'm going to raise you one because I haven't decided yet. And also, I don't want to spoil anything for the <laughs> listeners of the punk cast. I was going to say, you guys do your reviews every year. I don't want to. You can skip that one if you want. <laughs> oh, no. I've got, I got it down to three right now. I just haven't decided what the top one is. Uh, yeah, between uh, it's going to be between Drain's Living Proof, uh, Cuffs to Hell and Back, and Rankin Vile's Worship. Nice. So, yeah, all three of those are fucking great. They're all firing on all cylinders in their respective ones. Drain's a fucking great thrash band. Cuffs the sort of uh, industrial mix with really hard-hitting fucking... I, I don't know exactly want to say crust punk, but I don't know what else to compare it to. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Rank and Vile is just some great death grind mix with power violence. And, you know, I talked about every single one of these albums on the show before. So, yeah, not much else to say about that. And as far as uh, bands to open up for, I got two. Two. The first one, I think, would be kind of obvious, uh, Descendants. Okay. Oh, I would yes. love to open for Descendants yeah. because that would be our crowd. That would be like the total fucking, uh, you know, anyone who listens to Descendants, they listen to the style of music like us. And Descendants, they're kind of a, they're one of those uh, uniform bands. They're a great unifier. I feel like you're going to say Bouncing Souls next. Well, Bouncing Souls is definitely up there. But, yeah. I just think Descendants has a bigger... It, they got more pull, I think. Bouncing Souls would be fucking great, but they're not number two. Number two, it'd probably surprise a lot of people. I'd say one of the uh, the biggest, hottest uh, hardcore band right now, which uh, I guess would be Knocked Loose. Uh. Now, this is why. Because hardcore kids love listening to pop punk. <laughs> they do. They will... They will fucking throw down to any fucking hate breed, fight riff, chugga chugga, ooh, ooh, fucking <laughs> breakdown shit. But in their off time, they're listening to Story So Far. They're listening to fucking, you know, any one yeah, of those, uh, deep, like all those pop bands. punk bands. Yep. So we would fit in really well. There's a band in Salt Lake now called Johnny Baseball. They sound like the likes of, uh, like Story So Far, Newfound Glory, and all the hardcore kids show up to that show. So, oh, I fucking yeah. love Knock Loose. That sounds great. Let's yeah. Do that. So, if we open up to a bunch of hardcore kids, I think it would actually bode over well. The thing is, you just don't see those bands on the same bill unless they're playing a festival, you know? Yeah. The yeah. best uh, crowd, like the, the best response that we ever get is when we're playing with like metal and hardcore bands. So I, th- I think we kind of like break up the it's like you hear especially because like so many local yeah. shows you have like five bands and so you hear like two really heavy bands and then we play yeah and then you have two really other he- it's, it's I, I think I think people everybody likes catchy shit even if you don't want to oh yeah so I you know you want to admit that it my, uh, who I'm I want to open <laughs> <laughs> now I want to open for Arch Enemy oh that would be fucking <laughs> great my, my album and of I'm the just going to parade uh, fucking Alicia White's Blues just be like can you play Silent Wars for the love of God so I was having a hard time coming up with my album of the year because I kept trying to think of albums that came out in 2023 
Actually, my album of 2023 is by a band called P.O. Box. They're a ska oh, band from Australia, and they are so good. They're kind of like, a, I don't know, they're, they're a ska band, but they're also kind of um, progressive, I yeah, think. Yeah, kind they're of progressive but they're not Hasidic. Not no, okay. The record is called Space Available. Okay. So, P.O. Box, Space Available. That sounds another, right. Really good record. Another great Check record it out. that came out in 2023, a uh, band called The Apathetics. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, uh, those tax. <laughs> I'm just going to keep plugging the Boy Genius record because then what's great about Boy Genius is then you get, you get to listen to all of the other girls' stuff. You can listen to Phoebe Bridger's stuff. You can listen to Lucy Dawkins' stuff and Julian Baker. Julian Baker, who is like one of the most ridiculously talented musicians, like she used to tour solo and would just play with a looper and did all of the instruments herself. She's, they're all amazing. And so I highly encourage people to listen to that record, especially if you're into things that are maybe a bit softer or a bit. I alternate between listening to like really heavy shit and really soft shit. Oh, and so listen to that. Like, I think you'll like it. I mean, I've never heard of them, and I'm definitely going to check yeah, them out. Boy Genius, they're great. On the way over here. That's, that's why I want to play with a more heavy band. And not to call out, not to call out Aces High, but I'm going to anyway. They always <laughs> fucking play metal shows. I'm like, come on, break it up a little bit. You know, that's why I want to be on heavy metal bills. Just because it's like, yeah, we're going to infiltrate. You make, it's like, oh, but you're a punk band. Buddy, I can school you on metal. <laughs> I can tell you some shit. <laughs> and you could. Oh, yeah. I know. This you could, a walking, too. He's a walking encyclopedia of music. I know. I may have mostly punk bands tattooed on me, but trust me, I know some metal history. I'm a metalhead at heart. I mean, it's I almost started. like you co-host a music podcast. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. <laughs> but that's sort of the fun idea is like uh, I surprise people that way. Periphery's uh, album they came out with in 2023 was also quite amazing. Gent is not a genre, I think it's called. Those guys are amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. No, gent is a genre. I don't. They don't. They may not uh, use that to self-apply uh, to what music they play, but I never call them gent. I call them like math course. And yeah, shit. like uh, prog metal. But yeah, yeah, I think, yeah they're uh, I think they're just. They're just trying to uh, kick up controversy in the Reddit boards, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Sugar is gent. Yeah, they're the, yeah. the inventors of gent. Yeah, they are. It took people 20 years to figure out their sound so that they could, like, imitate it. And what's crazy about Miss Sugar, I saw an interview with, uh, I always butcher his name because it's so Swedish, Tomas Hogge. Thomas Hogg. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hogg. And when they were like, well, so how did Japanese. you come up with these rhythms? You're playing in, like, seven with your feet, but four in your hands. He was like... I don't know. They just show me riff, and this is. Show me riff. That's awesome. Well, one reason why I like to ask those questions is because people that would be into your sound then kind of get a little sense of what you might be into, and like I like these guys. Maybe there's some other stuff I should check out, which you pointed out, which is great. And then I'm going to circle back to what Eric pointed out. When I go see Descendants or even Bouncing Souls or any of those '90s bands. You know what comes out in droves? Middle-aged guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe you are destined to attract the middle-aged punk crowd, Eric, if you think that, that that's your crowd. 
I guess so. That's I do get people complaining that there is no seating at our shows. Sorry, and it's too loud. I have to tell people I'm like, bring your plugs. Ace is high. Like no one who does sound at Ace is high has ears that work anymore. So it is so loud at every show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, God, especially when they play the fucking amp worship bands, like, Done. Oh, my God. I went to see Done. That's one of Andy Patterson's bands. And I'm talking the stage lined with full stacks. And the fucking walls were shaking. I was like, oh, good God. I never thought I'd say this, but give me some earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've actually been better at because I still want to be able to hear but that was the first time where I was at a show at Ace's like I can't fucking hang this thing is like I don't even have to move my feet to to move from one side to another just <laughs> I, I was at, I was at a show there one time where I actually heard it better from on the sidewalk outside because like the level of sound was just slightly reduced yeah I, I could actually like <laughs> that's how the underground shows were remember everybody would hang out in the hallway to actually hear the bass. oh yeah and most people would hang out in the hallway because the shows were too crowded. Or it was too sticky Yeah, it was floor level, so if you weren't right up in front, you couldn't see anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, that place was not built for uh, good sound, but <laughs> it's a venue that's in a practice space. It's not even legal. So it's smaller, what it's smaller than this room right here that we're in right now. Oh, what yeah. Is, what is yeah. Kyle's last name again? Is it Smith? Smith. Smith. Yeah. I, just, I just really want to quickly point out, we have, we have a, uh, a solo not played by me on this album on Five to Life where Kyle Smith... Um, who's a fucking amazing guitar player, comes in and plays two solos on that song. So those are not any of us. We're not that good at yeah. playing guitar. That's so I just want to shout out Kyle for, for playing those solos in that song. He just went in one day, and because we just we were like, oh, hey, this would be cool. He were just, we even there? Was No, we weren't there? even no. there. He just went in on his own and did it. Yeah, he just went in and just laid down these two awesome solos. Yeah. Like So just thanks, Kyle. We, tr- we, try to get him, we try to get him to play Yeah, he's played live a couple with times with us. With us. He'll just like grab my guitar for the song. Yeah. And he'll do it. He'll do it with a smile on his face. He fucking loves. He's he so loves nice doing what he does. Cool. And, I, and I hope he does it at the show coming up. I hope attention, so too. Kyle. Kyle. Attention, Kyle. Damn it, Kyle! Show can show. Yeah, we love. Yeah, we love Kyle for okay. more than just being a stand-up guitarist, but a stand-up gentleman. One of the sweetest persons you'll ever meet in this uh, forsaken metal community. And and also totally open to more collaborations if people want to come. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play an instrument on the record, next one, if you want to sing with me, if you want, like, yeah, it's, I always think that's really fun to bring you want other to be people. Part of so. more gang chants? We'll fucking love what about it. a yeah. split yeah. concept? Yeah, that's definitely. It'd be oh, super yeah. fun to do a split. That would be really fun. Uh, if Chris number two, if you're listening, I know you don't have a lot <laughs> oh, going on right now, so <laughs> if you want to add some guest vocals, like maybe just a couple of screams, that'd be cool. Be right? Really awesome. But yeah, split would be Fuck super you, cool too. So. Oh yeah, the the Chris number two uh, version of uh, Burnout where he, he can throw some fuck yous on there. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't take over my bass parts. It's <laughs> mine. I'm not going to be shown up by Chris. He's going to be like, man, give me that bass. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> we're uh, we're oh. anti-flag with less sexual offenses, I think. Oh, yeah. We're anti-flag <laughs> minus uh, the one Justin fella. Less? You mean none? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no Justins in this band. There are no Justins in this band. Which, like, uh, Josh's voice, like, when we recorded the album, it was, like, before any of that controversy, and I was so stoked that, uh, was it Time Machine? It's on it Tuna. Tuna. It was Tuna. Yeah. That, like, I was like, oh my god, you said just like Justin Sing. Mm-hmm. And, and like two weeks later, we were like, shit, we gotta stop using that. Or we gotta yeah, specify. second thought, maybe not. His voice! Just, his voice! Not anything else, his voice! 
Yeah, yeah, you do kind of have the same uh, vocal range as him and the raspiness. Yeah, a lot of people have said that, but so I definitely number... didn't try to do that. That's just how it came out. If Chris number two is listening, then uh, <laughs> maybe they'll reform Anti-Flag with you being the front. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, maybe change the band name. <laughs> and really, when it comes down to it, is anything actually original anymore? And what I mean by that is I don't mean everybody's copying everybody else, but... There's been so much music and so much everything. How often do you ever hear somebody describe something that's new as, I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. It's just its own thing and I've never heard anything like it. Or are we typically saying, oh, that sound, the guitar sounds like this, the drum sounds like that. You know, There's some part of something that sounds similar and when you've grown up, you know, you're not five years old, so you've heard hundreds if not hundreds and thousands of bands and tracks and so forth, some of that is going to... How do you not interpret some of that into what you do? Yeah. That's, I think it's so rare to hear something that sounds like, oh, wow, I've never heard this before. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, if you get to exist back in the 70s in a time machine when there's... I mean, you could probably even really go back to those things. But like at the origin of punk, or the origin of some, some sort of whatever genre, and there's really not much like it, yeah, it would be cool to go back in a time machine and hear it when it's first going, but... Even yeah. at going in the time machine, you've already heard the shit and so many yeah. things that came yeah. after yeah, it. Yeah, I think uh, that's not a new phenomenon. I think it's just the way that we make sense of anything is reference points. So sure. I'm sure that uh, like Ramones would be like one of the first punk bands, and I think they sound like if the Beach Boys did a lot more cocaine. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Well, that's why I think like especially in the age of the internet, it's so impressive when someone does put out something that you're like. I never heard this before. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's like, all, like, like when Josh was mentioning idols. Like, I feel like idols is something that I'm like, oh, I heard this. I'm like, whoa, yeah. I don't think I've heard this before. This is this is different. Yeah, this I'm is gonna something. go back and uh, try to find like early '90s, like Rage Against the Machine and Primus reviews, and see what they're. Oh, pr- to. I mean Primus. I mean the early grunge stuff, like like the first Nirvana record. Oh yeah. You know uh, stuff like that. Like it's like what? Sonic Youth, but more. Sonic Youth and the Melvins with more oh, like Sonic punk Youth rock. and the Melvins. That's I wish I was a Gen Xer. You guys Gen got you guys <laughs> you guys got the best. That's like one of my really good friends. Damn it, Josh, his, you had a good is in is in his early fifties. I grew up in Seattle too. Yeah, that's like one of my well, one of my Seattle good friends right, yeah. is in his early fifties, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, no, you guys got fucked. He's like, you guys got new metal, and you got you know all of this stuff, and he's like, we got. We got the we got grunge. Right? We got the beginning of a lot of like really good heavy metal and thrash and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck well, not just not just that, but like music is just so much more available now because of all the streaming and everything. Back then, right. it wasn't, yeah. you know, and that, and bands were so much more like, uh, I don't know, just uh, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. You yeah. really loved the few bands that you like loved and had their records of, rather yeah. than like mysterious. Right now, it's just everybody a, was mysterious because yeah. you didn't know what they're. Now you can sure. just like YouTube and see what they do on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, well, I think it's yeah. like I think it's like Spotify gets like thirty thousand new songs a day or something like that. Basically, like right. like the amount of new music that just gets put out in the world, you just can't. It's, it was different and different discovering, right? You you see the interviews on MTV. Or yeah. whatever, or and they talk about a band or something. or something like that, and then you hear Nirvana, and they talk about Flipper, and you're like, "Well, who the fuck's Flipper? How am I going to find Flipper?" Yeah. You know, back then you're like, "That's going to be a trek just to discover." It's not you're watching something on YouTube, and then you on a different screen on your phone, you're like, "All right, Spotify. <laughs> uh, they said this band. All right, here we go. I'll listen to this after I'm done listening to that." It's a different experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then there's the uh, the idea of discovering music. Uh, people don't know what it was like to make time to go to the record store, be sifting through all the CDs and the LPs and right. all that, and just sort of like getting caught by the album artwork. Just like, oh shit, this actually looks pretty cool. Right. I wonder what it sounds like. And then like trying to, uh, and the one could one could argue, and I do argue that with everything being so, uh, you know, the availability of everything being so for up in the front and center, uh, that it sort of diminishes the value of it. Right. Because now it's like, yeah, you didn't really, uh, it doesn't feel like you discovered something new. It's like someone was always, someone was there first. You know what I, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, it just sort of uh, diminishes the value of it. It feels like you didn't have as much effort put into finding this band as opposed yeah. to when you would going through, a, you know, physically going to a place and, or listening to somebody tell you about it. It's, it's a reward. It's almost like you, you know your collection of whatever, your baseball cards or whatever. And maybe you don't understand those references if you're not a Gen X, but those kind of <laughs> things where you, you pulled that card out of the pack or you came across this band and now you're super excited to go share it with your friends. But you have to go share it in person. And you have to go put that cassette in the cassette deck or the CD or the record uh, even though the records weren't that big at that point, yeah. uh, they'd had their time and had a, a lull. But whatever it was, you're really excited to share. It was your thing that you get to share with your friends. And then your friends, in that trading sense, well, guess who I came across? Check this out. You know, it was kind yeah. of a, a more of an experience than uh, it is yeah. now where you click the share button on Spotify <laughs> and send it to somebody like, hey, have you heard this yet? Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. It would so be the, CDs and stuff. Like I had a yeah. I had a friend who worked at a record store when we were in high school, and he would just yeah. I mean, he would burn a CD, right, and bring it over to my house and be like, "Check this out." Yeah, you that's know? what I did. I had the sort of uh, yeah, the digital age equivalent to uh, tape trading. We would burn CDs for each other and just like yeah, we'd we swap that. It. But yeah. still fun yeah. because it wasn't something you can just call up your buddy and be like, "Hey, there's this." streaming source go check it out on whatever you have or it's probably on youtube go find it on youtube but mm -hmm. check it out it's more of an experience that you get to yeah. share with people yeah. those bands all felt like they, they all felt like they were your band too you know when yeah. you had like a cd that nobody else really knew about like they're my band but yeah. you don't have that anymore my they're everyone's band my last experience of uh discovering a band on happenstance at a record store because of the cd like how the packaging looked was actually while we were tracking for this album, I was, uh, Josh didn't have a car at the time, so I was driving him home and we were gonna stop by Grey Whale and there's this CD, uh, these like punk dudes in like leather jackets, uh, black and white, very like uh, classic uh, looking punk record. And then in like pink sparkly letters, it said exploding fuck dolls. <laughs> <laughs> and then we listened to it on the way to Josh's place. It was actually pretty good. So uh, go, uh, go to your nearest streaming platform and look up exploding fuck dolls. I mean, that's a great band name. <laughs> for me, for for me, me now, for me now, what it is that I feel like is the process is, is go to shows early, like get there when they start and listen to the opening bands because those bands are trying so hard. Yeah. And like I heard this band, I, I went and saw a lot of spew last year and they had this band from Philly called sweet pill opening and they were the tightest band I have heard in like years. Hmm. They were so fucking good. Every single person in that band was so good. That's a great name, Sweet Pill. Yeah, they were amazing. And then they they came out and they were just chatting with people. And I was like, if I had just if I had shown up like when I'd normally show up for a show like an hour after the doors or something like that, I never would have heard these guys. 
And so I think it's like, hey, show up, show up for those shows and listen to those bands that are that are really trying right now because some of those yeah. bands are amazing and they're going to put on a great show. Most so, bands were that band yeah. at some point. I mean, some super groups out there, they start, they probably didn't because of their recognition as bands that they've been in. But most bands do that and that maybe is the only modern, what we were talking about, modern trade. Did you get to the show and see this yes. band? Yes. I yeah. saw this band when they were live or... You know, they start as that band, and a year or two later, they are the band that's now headlining stuff. And you say, did you see that band? You know, the Interrupters, for example, I saw them, one of their first tours here, and they were, they, they knew Tim Armstrong, so they were opening up for... They were opening up for Rancid Transplants. Transplants. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes, yeah. Was yeah. That was a dope show. Yeah. And, yeah. I went to both you nights. know, and I'd, I'd heard of them at that point, and I got to watch them play. I was like, that was really awesome. Now they headline all yeah. over the place. I mean, they'll open for really big bands, but you, that's kind of, I guess, your modern-day way of getting that same, hey, look what I have. I had this, and as you said, that the this is my band. I saw this band. I get to tell all of my friends about this band. That's, yeah. I, exa- that's how I feel about it. And, and it's like you get to see them in some, quote of a, some sort of a cool environment, too, because right. now it's like then if that band gets huge, I don't want to go spend $100 and go to a stadium where it's right. not personal. It's like... Go to go to those club shows. Like you're gonna see cool bands. Yeah, right. yeah. The other yeah, the other thing is like when people are telling you about new bands, you can actually hear their excitement in there. Like you can't right. read it on digital text, at least uh, unless they're going in all caps. But again, uh, one of the examples is my my old roommate Ryan. He used to work at a uh, Gray Whale. And every time I was going into Grey Whale, he was always like, hey, check this one out. And that's how I discovered the band that I just recently showed Joss, AC4. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he Love was like, that band. yeah, you know Dennis Ligzian from Refused? Yeah. Well, this is his other band, AC4. Oh, yeah, is it good? Let me put it this way. This is how Refused's last album should have sounded. <laughs> okay. And I listened to it. I'm like, well, it doesn't sound like Refused other than the vocals. It sounds like just fucking hard-hitting street punk and just, and narco punk, it was fucking killer. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm buying this now. <laughs> and uh, he depleted my paycheck every time I went in there because, well, he was very good at his job. What can I say? <laughs> so he was, uh, but yeah, that's the idea. Is like uh, you have the physical interaction with people, and you can pick up the, you can pick up the uh, if people are genuine. Right. When they're actually speaking to you, it's like, okay, I know what your taste is like, and if you say that you like it, then I know it must have some, some status of value to it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But right. yeah, but most of the time, it's all about building relations. Right. That's what I love about it. I remember one time uh, Fye was doing a big uh, blowout sale on a bunch of CDs. There were like ten cents a CD, ten cents, and it was just. A bunch of bands and groups and artists that I had never heard. And me and my friends were like, well, you know what, 10 cents a CD, let's just drop 10 bucks, get a hundred of them. And we just drove around in my little, at the time I had a little Honda Accord with a CD player. We're just putting in every single one of them. And we're like, this is terrible. We're like, this is funny. This is awesome. At one time we put on this rap CD, he came with a warning, like, don't crank at full blast. The bass will blow out your speakers. So, of course, what do we do? <laughs> and it was, it was just this, uh, I think it was a song called Hillbilly Pimpin'. 
and it had like this little saloon piano in the beat, and then all of a sudden, it was like a huge drop. I was like, Jesus Christ, turn that down! I think that's gonna break the stereo. Can we make a hillbilly pimpin or walk on stage music for now on? I'll have to find that song. You gotta have something. Hillbilly pimpin sounds like our vibe. Right. Somebody right. should be using it. Yeah. It feels like a missed was, opportunity oh, there. I remember the MC. His name was Babyface Nelson. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Babyface Nelson. I tried finding his shit on streaming platforms. It's not there. Well, it's been a few years since I checked, but I have the CD. I'm sure Babyface Nelson is long since dead. <laughs> Probably true. Well, the actual Babyface Nelson is long since dead. Yeah, wasn't he like part of that Bonnie yeah. and Clyde thing? Yeah, he was a gangster. Oh, he was a gangster back Nelson, in the... Uh, Nelson, yeah, back in Oregon. It seems crime. like it ties into what you guys are yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the right note to end now. We're talking about Hillbilly <laughs> Pimpin' and Babyface Nelson. Yeah. And his album was actually P-I-M-P. It wow. actually stood for Playa in a Motivational Position. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was so. I mean, he's not a great rapper, but holy shit, was the yeah, idea of hilarious. Sounds like a gem. Yeah. When a player like me don't know what he do, <laughs> I don't remember how he. I don't remember the words, <laughs> except for that one. But the main, the big takeaway was the bass drop. Nice. And we know the aces can handle the bass. <laughs> Just saying. Are they the ace of bass? Hey! <laughs> tons of days, now, is so. that better or worse than the typical Laffy Taffy joke? <laughs> yeah, on par. Yeah, it's on par? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not worse then. Uh, all right, on that note, let's wrap up. It's been great. I know, I think somebody's got somewhere to get, so I don't want to hold anybody up. And uh, thank you guys for joining. It's been fantastic. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Absolutely. us, man. Yeah. Our yeah. pleasure. Yeah, it's a good thing you know somebody who has connections, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think you're in the band? Exactly. <laughs> Eric's a I actually do joke about that all the time. That you're, that you. I mean, you're just. I'm not connected to the scene at all. Like you're, you're in the local scene. You're on a podcast. You worked for Slug. I'm like, well, yeah. We, of course, Eric's got to be. In we the were band. like, hey, let's get Eric in the band. Like <laughs> his bass playing is okay, but he's got so many connections. <laughs> <laughs> he's got so many connections and hookups, and he knows everybody. <laughs> he's got the. I'm in here for ulterior motives. You know, if somebody goes and re-records your bass parts ever, then that might be true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, they just use backing tracks. I'm the murder face of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've actually made that joke so many times. They're going to say, Eric, we have somebody to fill in for bass, but will you bring the hillbilly pimping thing so we can walk out here? Hillbilly pimping is the most important aspect of our band. Yeah. Maybe I should play behind the beat champs. Yeah. Then maybe record sales go up. In Suburban Hellkill, I used to joke that he was a stage prop because he looks cool and he really got into it live. But, you know, he's a bass player. <laughs> he's I'm just more a than stage ju- prop. I'm more than just a Sid Vicious. <laughs> I'm a Glenn Matlock. I just don't look good. Oh. <laughs> All right, fellas. We'll wrap it up. We'll play some more music. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. At both ends, I'm running out of matches. Wax and good sense. We go on like nothing's wrong, but my heart is bounding. Tick, tick, ticking like a suicide bomb. Yeah. 
Work to 